0: Looks like some kind
1: of insect. It's a bee. Bee? A bee? Slow down now. What plane and what's dangerous?
0: Bees, Scotty. Killer bees. Do you have any idea what those bees can do? to Killer Bees. This
1: is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No,
0: this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons.
1: My name is Garrett Smith.
0: And my name is Tori Potenza.
1: And we can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer Bs Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at gmail.com. We're also part of the Movie John Podcast Network on MovieJohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. And our artwork is by Alex Schneider, and our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And today, we'll be talking about the wonderful Jennifer Jason Lee. Yay! I'm very excited.
0: I am very excited, too.
1: Uh, I suppose you probably want to talk about some things we've been watching first.
0: Sure. Yeah. I feel... I feel like I don't know what we've been watching.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, well, we watched a pretty good one that I thought we were both really into this Ooh, week. Oh yes. Uh, uh, we watched The Corruption of Chris Miller.
0: Yeah, this has been on my list for a while. Um, I, a couple months back, read read uh, House of Psychotic Women by... Uh, here, genis and it's really amazing and added a ton of things to my watch list. But I was uh, very interested in *Corruption* of Chris Miller, which is kind of like it's from 1973 and it is kind of like a Giallo-esque film.
1: Yeah, directed by Juan Antonio Bardem.
0: Yes, just kind of about like these these two women that are kind of playing mindfuck games with each other, and then suddenly this like man appears that starts working and is hand as a handyman and is kind of like sexually involved with both of them but he also might be a murderer. Yes. Uh god, it was
2: so good.
0: I
1: really liked it cuz yeah. it is like pretty sexy I think. Yeah. Like they they is expressly some relationships happening. Yeah. That uh, we do I don't know. They just get weirder as the movie gets yeah. goes on and gets Giallo
0: deeper. Giallo is like such an interesting, like, prototype for the, like, erotic thriller, I yeah. think. Uh, and this particular one was a very good example of that, I thought.
1: And this is an interesting one because it doesn't even really become a Giallo movie until, like, the finale, finally.
0: Yeah, it's really mostly just these it's people like a
1: psychological kind of fucking thriller, with each right? other. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I think, you know, because it's like an Italian, you know, it, and, and then and it does have a gloved killer by the end. Yeah. Um, there also
0: is maybe this like weird, I mean, they're not actually related, but like a weird like incestual kind of relationship between this mother and her uh, stepdaughter, I think is right. Yeah, right. Uh, on top of like her also trying to maybe like totally fuck this girl up because she hates, uh, her ex-husband so much. Yes. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really interesting character study that like was like thoroughly entertaining, even when it's just a bunch of people like in a room talking to each other because they're all kind of just stuck in this house often.
1: Yeah. And it's like really well directed. And I think for, um, uh, a Giallo movie, it, also is like pretty straightforward in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like it, it's very cohesive actually is the way to say it. A lot it.
0: of interesting stuff like comes back around, yeah. which I isn't a thing I always ex- expect in these movies too. Cause I feel like sometimes they, they do just like jet off in different ways. Sure. But this, yeah, this was like just really like well put together. Yeah. Uh, yeah i liked this movie a lot
1: i thought this movie was great yeah
0: this was one that i really wanted to watch and i was like we'll see if garrett likes it and i was Uh, very pleased that you were into it
1: i liked this a lot uh i today before you got home i watched a movie called duel to the death Mm. um which is a chinese film uh it's a golden harvest is the company that made it um they made a lot of these kind of like kung fu movies this is i guess one of the at least according to the Letterbox description, one of the last old-school Hong Kong martial arts movies. Mm. Uh, and it was just a very fun, really well-directed, really well-choreographed, like, sword fight and kung fu mm. movie where everybody's got, like, phantasmagoric powers. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like... What was he called? He was called the, the Lord of the Sword. He was... <laughs> China's greatest warrior Wonderful. had to do battle to the death with Japan's greatest warrior, yeah, in order to prove some sort of like which culture is you know supreme over the other, yeah, uh, but then it's like a movie where it's like the whole movie is about like, hey, they need to duel to the death, but they can't get to the duel because all this other like espionage stuff is happening mm-hmm. and They discover that, like, the duel's not going to be fair, but to them, they're honorable warriors and Mm. need to maintain. It it was good. I liked it a lot. That's cool. It was very fun and just had a lot of fucking really cool action and effects in it. Nice. Uh, There was, like, a whole sequence where ninjas were uh, lighting dynamite that was strapped to their body and then just grabbing onto people and exploding (laughs) with them. It was awesome.
0: Um, another one I quickly wanted to mention too is uh, one that we watched this weekend. We watched uh, "Come True." Oh yeah, uh, which is like a you know a sci-fi kind of horror film uh, that uh, I believe is a 2021 release. But uh, we know a lot of folks that saw it uh, like doing the festival circuits last year.
1: Yeah, um, uh, this is directed by Anthony Scott Burns, yes, uh, who did one of my favorite segments from the uh, horror anthology "Holidays." Mm. I think you did the Father's Day segment. Yes, which yeah.
0: was really solid. Um, yeah. I'm glad you remember that because I forgot we talked about
2: that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, the the acting is really great in this. It's it's a lot about like dreams. Uh, there's also a gentleman that they hired that uh, clearly is supposed to be like a David Cronenberg character, totally. which like mwah, yeah. like loved it. It feels um, like they
1: probably they were like, okay, so we go out to Cronenberg with this first, and yeah. when he says no, then we find somebody that yeah. just looks just like him.
0: And then the the other thing that i i think is really interesting about it uh i in my letterbox review i think i referred to it as like like uh jungian horror as far as like carl jung uh yeah. cuz it deals so much with like the collective unconscious and like the the stuff we dream and like of like our nightmares being connected right. and so much of it was so interesting where i was like ooh this is a thing that like if there isn't already a bunch of other stuff like this, like I want more of this kind of horror.
1: Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate. I loved the way this movie looked and like felt and yeah. sounded. Um, and I thought it was like very effective yeah. for, for most of the runtime. Score. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I. The ending. I had a little trouble with the ending and I'm but but in, in, yeah. in not a totally bad way. Like I, I have continued to think about it for days. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing.
0: I'm trying hard to not judge movies as harshly by their endings. If, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Like yeah. if I've like enjoyed the ride so much, like yeah. especially with that movie, I was like, those last two minutes maybe weren't my favorite, yeah. but like okay. Yeah, I, I was so you. into the rest of it that I'm like, whatever. I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, it was good, uh, and I think people should check it out. It's on Hulu now. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah we really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Um. Was there any others you want to talk about?
0: Uh, I think that's that's good. All right. Yeah. Well,
1: let's get to chatting about Jennifer Jason Lee. Let's
0: do it. Um. So yeah. I mean. Pull up my, my notes real quick. Um, so, yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee, she has 102 acting credits as well as three writing credits, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later on in her career. Um, <clears throat> I have two quotes to start that uh, both just made me like her more than I already did. Uh, but one of them just says, I could never play the ingenue, uh, the girl next door or the very successful young doctor. That would be a bore.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> And then she says, in mainstream movies, the women's role is mostly just to prove that the leading man is heterosexual. I'm not good at that. And I'm not interested in that. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. You like really broke down the roles of so many women in movies. And I was like, that's it. That's exactly why they're there. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: That is uh, such a great reduction of exactly what's going on, right? Yeah.
0: Like, oh, so good. Uh, So, yeah. Like, she's an interesting one, too, because uh, as we'll get into, I feel like she maybe is, like, maybe, like, more of a, like, she kind of rises above, like, B genre stuff, but she does so much genre stuff throughout her career. Even within the past couple of years, like, some of my favorite movies she is in. um, And I just think that's going to make it, like, kind of an interesting person to talk about.
1: She's definitely an actress that I think people would uh, not expect us to cover when we say our premise is covering B-movie stars. But the reason she came up for you and I was because we just kept seeing her in genre stuff yeah. that we really liked. So
0: much of her early stuff is genre yeah. stuff. And then like a decent amount of her later stuff is genre yep. stuff too. And in the middle, it's just that like, Oh, she did a lot of like indie stuff and did some things that like, uh, with like, you know, uh, well-known directors mm-hmm. and with pretty great casts that were like nominated for things. And you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, she, uh, she rocks. So I'm yeah. really excited to, to get into it.
3: Let's do it. Um,
0: So, yeah, uh, kind of her background, early life stuff. uh, So she was born February 5th, uh, 1962 in Hollywood, California. Uh, Lee's birth name was Jennifer Lee Morrow. She changed her surname early in her acting career, taking the middle name Jason in honor of actor Jason Robards, a family friend.
1: (laughs) That's very interesting.
0: I know, um, she's the daughter of a, a film writer, Barbara Turner, who wrote Cujo.
1: Okay, the, the like, the movie adaptation that yeah, we watched. Yeah, amazing. Okay, very cool.
0: Um, and her father is actor Vic Moreau, <sighs> who, uh, is the actor who died tragically in, like, a helicopter accident in the Twilight Zone movie from the 80s. Yeah,
1: that's, like, a really tragic yeah. story, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel like lately there has been kind of a, a turn on, on just the whole Landis family yes. and wanting him to sort of be a little more accountable for this, mm-hmm. um, I think rightfully so. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Vic Morrow was, like, a, a great actor. I actually had no idea that she was uh, Vic Morrow's Yeah, kid. that's Yeah, very interesting.
0: And, uh, you know, I saw a thing that she said, like, you know, she had kind of hoped she would be able to do a movie with her dad someday. Oh. And- I was like, oh, that's like really heartbreaking. Yeah, uh, man. But yeah, I I read that and was like, holy shit. Um, also, a thing I didn't know until I was doing that, she was married to Noah Bomback from 2005 to 2013. Um, I believe they separated in like 2010 um, and then around then he started seeing a uh, uh, Greta Gerwig, but then I like was like, oh, that means that Marriage Story is right. based on his divorce to her, which yep. is fascinating to me. Yeah,
1: I, I have not seen Marriage Story yet, so I don't even, like, I, I only really have familiarity with that, like, meme that goes around. Yeah, but, uh,
0: but, uh, but very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... She's well known in Hollywood for the exhausting research she does for each of her portrayals, and for her affinity for playing lurid roles.
1: I uh, was watching some interviews with her today, and she talks a lot about the kind of research she does for stuff. So as we get through some of the movies, I'll have like maybe a little insight into some of what that means. I have
0: a couple notes from like certain things she did in certain films that I find fascinating. Okay. Um, Apparently, she's close friends with Phoebe Cates. uh, Oh yeah, which Um, I thought was cool
1: because. they are both in um, Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah, High together. Yeah, and I
0: think they might be in, like, something later on okay. in her career, too. I can't remember, but that sounds familiar. Um, her uh, sister, unfortunately, struggled with a uh, drug addiction, and she thinks that influenced kind of, like, the person she kind of grew up into. Uh, one of the quotes I have from her is just her saying, I think a lot of my personality was formed as a child by watching Carrie. Whoa. Um Oh, her she, sister her is scary. Her sister's scary. Yeah. Uh, she had a lot of temper tantrums, which made me want to be the opposite. I didn't want attention. I wanted to be the good girl, so I would go clean my room while she was causing havoc. Wow. Uh, which is like kind of kind of interesting. A lot yeah. of like when she talks about her career and stuff, because she does play really interesting roles. Is like, yeah, like I like keeping the drama in the films and <laughs> that in my life, <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah. Interesting. Um, so her career starts in the '70s. Uh, she had a um, a role on the TV show *Beretta*, mm-hmm. and then in 1976, her first film role was *The Spy Who Never Was*, okay. um, and she uh, was credited as *Girl with the Rubber Ball*.
1: <laughs> All right, and so '76 she was. When uh, let me look. Her birthday you said it was 62. So is she like six? 16?
0: Yeah, she's pretty young. 14? Yeah.
1: Right? Okay. Teenager. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um so she then we get to her films in the 80s uh for tv she again uh was another person that did abc after school specials like everyone else that we have profiled um in 1980 she did a tv movie uh that was a drama called angel city
3: all right
0: and then in 1981 she does eyes of a stranger uh which we did watch uh the other night um it was actually one that i wanted to watch uh doing my research on like rape revenge films yeah and uh had bought a while ago not realizing it was a jennifer jason lee movie and then being like oh perfect yeah uh, now this is one that uh that we get to cross off our list for a few different reasons um and she this is like a it's kind of like a slasher movie yeah. but it's it's kind of like also like a criminal procedure-ish kind of movie it's like there's this killer on the loose that is like raping and murdering women. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee's character was raped as a child uh, because her sister left her alone. And so her sister has felt like guilt all of these years um, because this traumatic event also left her um, deaf and uh, unable to speak or in blind, uh, Blind. I believe. Yeah, deaf and blind. Um, So she she feels like incredibly guilty. She's like taking care of her sister because of this. And then when all of these rapes and murders start happening, she's like trying to investigate on her own. Uh, She is like a journalist, but she kind of takes it into her own hands, becomes like really obsessed with the fact that she thinks she knows who the killer is uh, and tries to like track him down inevitably bringing danger back around to her house, which is the exact opposite thing she intended and wanted to do, I think.
1: You spent the whole movie being very mad at the sister. She,
0: it was it was a good movie. I enjoyed a lot of this. There was, like, actually some really good, like, gory death scenes and stuff yeah. in this that I was really into. But, yeah, like, the whole thing, she's, like, oh, like, you know, she's telling her, like, boyfriend who wants to get more serious, like, we, like y- I need to, like, make sure that, like, you're actually going to be a part of my life and don't resent me and my sister who is a lot of work. Yeah. uh, And like, I need to protect her. I can't let anything bad happen to her ever again. And she's drawing the murderer to her by being bad at investigating. She keeps like
1: breaking into this guy's apartment like multiple times. And like
0: calling him and leaving like creepy messages. And I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? Yeah. Like, yeah, I was really annoyed with this
3: yeah, character.
1: Yeah, you were very frustrated <laughs> with this character.
0: <laughs> Although I did overall, like, enjoy, like, a lot of this movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, I thought this movie pretty was pretty cool.
1: Um, and it, it has, like, some, like, pretty interesting kind of, like, fun, like, thriller ideas. Yes. Like, the idea that their apartment is kind of two separate high-rises, you yeah. know, connected with something in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so the killer lives in the other building, where the eye line is like you can see from one balcony to another. Yeah. And this leads eventually, of course, to a... Her actually being in his apartment while he's back in her apartment he attacking got like the a sister, rear window and kind they of see moment. you know she sees from across yeah. that that's happening. It's it's pretty entertaining.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know talking about like Lee preparing for roles, and this is early on. She spent time in between scenes brushing up on her braille uh, for this movie, okay, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting because there is a scene where she is like reading, reading a braille, book yep. of braille, and I was like, oh man, like this is this is very cool.
1: Yeah, interesting that she felt like she wanted to go to the level of like I would like to know that i am understanding what my character is doing
0: does uh you know spends most of the film not talking at all but still still does a really great job it's interesting also that i i think in rape revenge there are a lot of these like characters that don't speak or have some sort of like you know are blind or whatever like there's like these a lot of these characters that I've noticed so I think it's interesting to see her playing one of these characters too
1: yeah um there was definitely a scene by the way that reminded me of Fincher's Zodiac Mm. um there's like a scene where some people are attacked in a car um that reminded me of something that happens in Zodiac I thought that was kind of interesting um and in general the like the big imposing guy I thought was like very scary and threatening yeah in a way that like sometimes like even like you know Masked killers and Mm -hmm. famous, you know, slashers are not like he was a very imposing, scary. Yeah, uh, there's a scene
0: where he's in the apartment and it's just her and she can't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just is watching her, but like messing with her by like moving the knife that she's using to cut something slightly or like moving a plate away from her. And like it's really terrifying watching her just like realize that something's happening, but she like doesn't really know what's it's that going thing on where
1: he's like literally standing inches away from her yeah. and she doesn't know it's really, really terrifying yeah, 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 so there's like some good effective stuff in this yeah
0: really enjoyed it and it was a, a show factory release yeah. uh so i was excited yeah. to get my hands and, on that. you know she's
1: good it's definitely an early role and you know it, it she has to be you know uh blind and deaf like you said she's not speaking through a lot of the movie yeah. but um it, it's a good early role it's, it's interesting
0: yeah um, the same year, she does a film called The Killing of Randy Webster, a TV movie uh, with Hal Holbrook, uh, oh, okay, yeah. who uh, I we, love from The Fog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like he's the, the priest the in priest, that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, she then does a film called The Best Little Girl in the World, uh, uh-huh. which is a TV, TV movie about eating disorders. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, and then in 1982, she's in a, a film called Wrong is Right with Sean Connery and John Saxon, which was like a thriller. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we love her, Johnny Sax, so I was like pretty interested in that.
1: <laughs> the tagline for this movie is, in a moment, World War Three. but first, a word from our sponsor.
0: <laughs> so good. Yeah um yes and then uh in the same year 1982 she does uh, fast times at Richmond High yes. uh, which is one of her big roles which I've seen a couple of times I feel like this used to be on TV a lot um when I was like growing up um and I when I was like who is she and then I remembered she's like one of the main girls that's yes. like, kind of getting starting to date and you know gets with this guy that gets her pregnant and so it's like this really dramatic storyline that's going on and i think she inevitably ends up with like the nice guy that was like the friend all along trying to take care of her
1: yeah i can't remember her ultimate fate but i did i rewatched a couple scenes from this because i've not seen this in probably like a decade um, I saw this, like, right out of college. Maybe even longer. I saw this, like, right out of college. Um, and I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I watch a scene where she and Phoebe Cates discuss uh, blowjobs. And Phoebe Cates shows her how to give a blowjob with a carrot uh, in the <laughs> lunchroom. And it ends with a table of boys applauding them as they realize they've been being watched the whole time they've been doing this. God,
0: Phoebe Cates is so horny in that
3: movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: and then, yeah, she um, all, she decides, well... It, it, it's a pretty sad, like, you know, the, the boy that gets her pregnant is like, does not respond well to that information. Yeah, is not he's not great about it. He says like, we need to take care of this. And she's like, okay. And then he never even shows up to take her to the clinic. She has to get her brother to do it. And, but that builds to a nice scene where her brother, she, she asked him to drop her off at like a bowling alley. But then he sees that she doesn't go into the bowling alley and goes somewhere else and waits for her and kind of agrees like, to keep her secret. Uh, and, you yeah. Know, so there, and that's, um, gosh, that actor is, um, I can't think of his name. We can move on to the next thing and I'll, I'll find it. Um, he's a, he's a really good actor that I like quite a bit.
0: Yeah. Is it J- judge? Yeah. Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. Yes. yes.
1: Uh, you know, the dad from the Santa Claus, Judge yes. Reinhold, or like the stepdad. From I the also Santa just Claus.
0: remember that they tried to make like a judge duty. show with him in it on arrested development, that's yes. what I always think. Of. Judge, Judge Reinhold. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Yes, I uh, love that actor, and that's a, a really nice scene. Yeah, that she's really good in that movie. Yeah, um, and you know she uh, is playing young in that movie again. Mm-hmm. She the, the whole like first like ten years of her career, she's like playing like yeah, I mean, really she still young, young. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, she then does a TV movie called The First Time with Peter Burton, who we really liked in Hell Night, uh, oh. which we talked about recently. Right, uh, and it's about a girl who runs away to San Diego with her boyfriend. Okay. Um. In 1983, she does a film called Easy Money, starring Rodney Dangerfield and Joe Pesci.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I would watch this one. I didn't think you would have an interest in it, but I would watch that.
0: I mean, I, you know, I like those two actors, but, you know, I'm more, you know, me. I just want to watch horror movies all the time. Um, She then does a TV movie called Girls of the White Orchid. Uh, While in Los Angeles, a young waitress takes a job offer in Tokyo, but it turns out to be more sinister than she expected. Pretty cool uh,
1: plot description.
0: Yeah, I think I think she gets sold into like prostitution. I, yeah, I read a little more about yeah. this movie. It
1: sounds like kind. It sounds like it should be scary. I yeah, don't know I what, like, what the tone whew. of the movie is, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, in 1984, she was in Grandview, USA, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Patrick Swayze, and C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. Uh, which the the owner of a Midwestern demolition derby has an affair with a teenager and a married driver.
1: I kind of wanted to see this one just because the cast is so yeah. good. I, I'm not like that interested in that plot description really, but I like all of these actors a lot.
0: It's like also interesting. Jamie Lee Curtis is having an affair with Patrick Swayze and C. Thomas Howell. Right. Like, yes. what is happening?
1: She's getting it done. That's she what's is. happening.
0: Uh, Then in 1985, she was in Flesh and Blood, the Verhoeven film we recently talked about in our Rucker Hauer episode. Yes. And, uh, you know, although we were watching it for Rucker, uh, I mean, she is, like, the other, like, huge role in it. And, like is fantastic in it yes
3: yeah she's
1: Um, like the the woman that gets kidnapped essentially and almost like held hostage Yeah, she's a
0: princess that's like on her way to get married to this dude she's never met and then she just runs into um you know rucker's gang of like bandits and they uh they rape her and they treat her pretty terribly but then she she's one of those characters that like Picks up quickly on what's going on and yes. how to deal with that situation. So she kind of figures out like, Oh, the best thing for me to do is to get the protection of the leader Rucker Hauer and for him to fall for me. So she kinds of ends up like playing this, like, like, sex game with him in order to be protected. Uh, which is really interesting. And and
1: builds to like a really great finale where she is like on a dime turning over and over again as she needs to kind of save herself. Yeah. In that situation. And so it's like it's a little sad because you're, you know, you're watching this kind of like she's like allowing herself to be taken advantage of in a lot of different situations. But but it's always like for the purpose of like survival and kind yeah. of a mind game that she's playing in order to survive a situation. Yeah, she's
0: like, what? What's the best thing I can yeah. do in this situation to survive? She's like
1: extremely pra- pragmatic, yeah. right? Yeah, and it
0: gets to a point where like they're literally like people could be getting infected with the plague around her, and she has yeah. to figure out how to play it, and it's it's all really strange.
1: Yeah, but she's terrific in it. Yeah, like she's really, great. really good. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the following year, in 1986, she was in The Hitcher, which uh, we also, also with Rucker Howard. Yeah, also with Rucker Howard. So they had a little moment together. Yeah. Uh, and yes, yeah, she's she's really good this in this movie. She meets a horrific end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's a lot of fun with and with C. Thomas Howell again too. Yep. Yep. Um, you know she. Is a me- Like just this waitress that is like, oh, I think you're innocent and then goes on the run with him, even yeah. though everyone thinks that C. Thomas Howell has like committed all of these murders. And you're like, shit, you're really taking a risk here, girl. But also you're like, you know,
1: you're working in at the middle a of nowhere stop diner yeah. on like this Route 66. The most
0: excitement you've ever yeah. seen. Yeah,
1: I'm sure that is literally the best looking person that's ever walked into that diner. Probably. And she was just like, this is my one and only shot.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah um she's
1: good in that movie she's really good uh, that movie is just like so much fun i can't i mean we spent so much time recommending it on the rucker howard episode we don't need to put too much time into it but people should watch the fucking hitcher (sighs) it's great
0: yeah it's it's so great um the same year she does a film called the men's club with harvey Keitel, frank langella and roy scheider
1: what a Uh, fucking cast
0: yeah the plot is uh when a group of middle-aged friends get together to talk about various aspects of their lives, the gathering gradually turns into a drunken party. Kicked out of their cozy domestic environment by irate wife, uh, men head out for a night on the town. The male bonding culminates in a trip to a brothel where the guys indulge in very risque behavior.
1: This sounds so weird. So
0: weird, especially for the cast uh, yes. as well. Um, and I think she's one of the women, like, at the brothel in this film, which Treat is interesting. Williams is
1: in this movie, too. This is wild-sounding. Yeah. I can't tell if I want to see it. I feel like, based on that plot and the fact that Jennifer Jason Leigh is playing a character named Teensy, Teensy. I don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? um
0: in 1987 she does a film called sister sister with eric stoltz um who i think she may have even like uh dated for for a little bit i think that's oh. something that i saw or they like like lived together for a bit they could have been roommates or something
1: and uh this is a <coughs> bill condon movie um and
0: it's kind of like a sexy drama type film also which is interesting
1: yeah bill condon did uh chicago he did mm, the movie yeah. adaptation of that and uh dream girls and some stuff um, I think he was supposed to do the Frankenstein Dark Universe version, I think. Oh. But that never happened. Or the, the Bride of Frankenstein? Bride of Frankenstein. I th- I think Ooh. I think Bill okay. Condon was supposed to do that.
0: Still mad that movie never happened. Yeah. Um, she de- then does a film called Undercover about a cop who goes undercover in South Carolina high school. With the help of a local narcotics officer, he investigates the drug ring responsible for another crop's death. I also love when cops have to go undercover to high school, because that's a thing that happens in more movies than it should.
1: I kind of wanted to see this just because of that premise. I know. Yeah. Um, In
0: 1988, she was in a film called Heart of Midnight with Steve Buscemi. Who? It's funny, I was just thinking of Steve Buscemi going undercover in 30 Rock. (laughs) Oh, yes.
1: Uh, I wanted to see this one. I thought this sounded pretty Interesting. Uh, it's, like, about a woman that inherits a nightclub and then finds out some nefarious things may, may be going on there.
0: Yeah, it did it, it sound interesting. And the cover for it is great. It's, like, her, like, with uh, her her kind of back to, like, this, to the viewer. Yeah. Uh, and she's got this, like, low-cut dress on. It, like, looks great. I I do want to see this. It seems pretty interesting.
1: James Reborn is in it. Reborn? I don't know how you say that guy's name. Uh, Frank Stallone is in this movie. <laughs>
0: Um, in 1989, she does the big picture with Kevin Bacon, uh, and it's from director Christopher Guest. I, yeah. I've never heard of this, uh, Christopher Guest movie, which is interesting.
1: I want to see this one. I really like, uh, Christopher Guest. I really like Kevin Bacon. I'm, I'm definitely interested in this movie. Yeah. And it's, a,
0: uh, it's like about someone who's like in film school, like trying to make it in the business and stuff, which is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. It looks like, um, Michael McKeon has the screenplay, uh, credit on this actually, mm-hmm. um, who's a comedic actor I love.
0: Uh, And then she does a film called Last Exit to Brooklyn with Stephen Lane, uh, Stephen Baldwin, and Sam Rockwell, which uh, this is the first of her working with several Baldwins in her (laughs) career. (laughs) Um, The film is uh, set in Brooklyn during the 1950s against a backdrop of union corruption and violence. A prostitute falls in love with one of her customers. Also, a disturbed man discovers that he is homosexual. (laughs)
1: I was going to ask, does she play the prostitute? And then looked at the cast list and saw that she's playing a character named Tra-La-La. So I think I can assume I'm accurate. I
0: think, yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Uh,
1: yeah, she plays a prostitute a few times in her career, actually. It, it is interesting that she was, like, it s- seems like fairly comfortable with playing, like you were describing before, yeah. like kind of like, um, what would you say, like salacious characters?
0: Yeah, which I, I think is one of the things I really love about. Her and a lot of the re- weird roles that she picks. Yeah. Um, she uh, Then we get to have like, her roles in the 90s. So for TV, she uh, did some voice stuff. She was on King of the Hill um, and I think like was in several episodes of the Hercules animated TV no. show, which I watched as a kid because I loved Hercules. So uh, I think that's kind of funny. I-, I think
1: I watched that too, actually. I seem to yeah. remember.
0: Um and then in 1990 she was in the film Miami Blues with Alec Baldwin which uh Garrett watched uh, a couple months ago.
1: I fucking loved this movie. Yeah. I cannot recommend this movie enough to people. This is a movie that I do think you would enjoy. It's yeah. one that I was like kind of upset that I chose to watch and then you weren't here for cuz I had so much fun with that. Yeah. Um she's great in it. She also plays a prostitute in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh she starts with Alec Baldwin. I uh watched an interview today where she t- uh talked about this movie with the Softy brothers. Um oh, cool. she's in Good Time, uh, a movie they directed. We'll talk about it later. And uh they basically I think screened this movie in support of their movie and interviewed her afterwards. And she talked about how much she loved Alec Baldwin, loved oh, working cool. with him, thought he was so funny. Uh she said that a lot of this movie was them kind of like the director um George Armitage being like really good to them and mm. them being like We want to work some things out. And him being like, great, we're going to work on, like, a lighting setup, work some things out. And then they'd come and be like, you know, here's how we want to play this, this, and this. Oh, cool. And so it's about this guy that is just, like, a fucking force of nature that, like, we don't know where he's from. We meet him just getting off a plane in Miami. And he just enters Miami and, like, pretty immediately just starts, like, beating people up and committing crimes. Uh, and gets a prostitute and pretty immediately falls for her and she falls for him and mostly what she falls for. It's really sad. At the end of the movie, she basically says like, he never hit me. He ate everything I cooked for him. Like he was the best to me. Even though he was like totally a criminal and like, Do it and like she
0: uses, he has like some really chaotic energy in this, right? He is a
1: fucking live wire in this movie. He, at one point, he beats up a cop, takes his badge, and then just starts parading around Miami as a cop. He just starts like whipping this guy's badge out and being like, I'm a cop, I'm like committing crimes as a cop, stopping some crimes. Like, he occasionally sees crimes happening. And just stops them, like, violently, but, yeah. like, pulls his badge out and just tells people, like, I am a cop. Let me punch this guy in the face and stop him from robbing you.
0: I do need to see this. this it sounds really, really fun. fun.
1: She is so good in this movie. She just plays this, like, very sweet girl who is very taken by this guy, like, so charmed yeah. by him. You They have, like, a chemistry that you just, like, really buy into mm. um, so that when, at the end of the movie, he has gone on this, like, full-on crime spree the The detectives kind of come asking her questions, and they basically believe her when she's like, "I didn't know." She's mm. like, "I, uh, he was good to me. I loved him. I'm, I'm sad that this ended the way that it did." Mm. And they just kind of, they e, They don't know if they believe her, but they just kind of they go, you know, they let there her I be go. the okay. innocent girl that she is. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, that's um, interesting. It's, yeah, she's really good in this movie, and it's a really fucking fun, weird. Yeah. Kind of like neo noir, maybe, is what I would call it. it yeah. It, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Really entertaining.
0: Uh, yes. And then, uh, same year, 90, 1990, she does a film called Bury Alive, a TV movie with uh, Tim Matheson. Oh, yeah. Uh, about a husband who finds out that his wife and her lover are trying to kill him.
1: Hey, this was directed by Frank Darabont. I love Frank Darabont. Oh, cool. He directed The Mist. He directed the first season oh, of The Walking Dead. He got directed it. Shawshank Redemption. He got Frank it. Darabont, is, uh, he's the man.
0: Oh, cool. Uh, she then does a film called Partner in Life, a TV movie with Rob Reiner and Kevin Pollack. Oh, that's cool. Um, in 1991, she's in the film Backdraft with Kurt Russell and William Baldwin. Uh, uh, there we another go. Another Baldwin.
1: Two uh, Chicago
0: firefighter brothers who don't get along have to work together with a when it, while a dangerous arsonist is on the loose.
1: Yeah, this is directed by Ron Howard. I remember when this movie came out, I feel like it was kind of a big deal. Mm. Yeah, Donald Sutherland is in this. Robert De Niro's in this movie. Scott Glenn. It's got like a crazy cast. Rebecca De Mornay. Um,
0: Seems like such a weird film for him to direct yeah, also. Yeah, well, Ron
1: Howard's got a, he's like a journeyman guy. He does all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, so I but I never saw Backdraft. I yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe I want to. I don't know if I want to see Backdraft. I'm not really sure. I mean,
0: I love Kurt Russell. Yeah, so that's always a draw. Um, she then does a film called Crooked Hearts, which was like a family drama with Vincent D'Onofrio and Juliette Lewis.
2: Huh.
0: Um, and then a film called Rush, which was a crime drama with Sam Elliott, who we love.
1: Yes, uh, I looked this one up and and tried to see if we could see it, but it didn't look like it was sitting anywhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then in 1992, she does Single White Female, uh, which was another movie that I recently bought, I think from Show Factory, because I have wanted to see this movie for a very, very long time. Yeah. And uh, was, you know... Very, very happy uh, with it. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, what This is another one where I have a note about how she prepared for this film. Okay. Um, she geared up to play a stalker obsessed with Bridget Fonda's character in Single White Female by wallpapering her dressing room with pictures of her co-star, as well as spraying a prop dildo with mint flavoring between takes when filming the infamous blowjob Jesus. scene. I was like... Holy shit this is wild <laughs> like so she just actually became a psycho in this movie in this uh like preparing for this movie
1: that is so wild uh I heard in an interview she said that she got to meet Bill Clinton I was okay so I was watching a bunch of like late night talk show interviews with mm-hmm. her basically a bunch of letterman interviews yeah where for one thing my man I cannot believe this was way too horny uh in the 90s he like, Cannot stop talking. He brings naked women up every time he talks to her. Oh, God. She clearly likes him because she comes back to do his show over and over. And I watched yeah. like seven of these and they seem to have like a nice rapport and stuff. Yeah. But he somehow brings up naked women every time he talks to her. I was like, dude, you are just like cool it, man. Yeah,
0: just please. <laughs> um,
1: but uh, she said she met President Clinton. This must have been before Clinton's scandal that she was like mm. telling this story. Because she refers to him as very good looking. Mm-hmm. She refers to being very charmed by him. Uh, I forget what she... Oh, I think she was promoting the Hudsucker proxy when she's doing this okay. interview. Um, and he's like a big Cohen Brothers fan, apparently. Mm-hmm. Clinton. And so he invites her to the White House. She's talking to him. And he tells her he really likes single white female. Mm-hmm. And she's like... I'm like so impressed that he saw that movie, that he knows that movie, that he wants to talk to me about that movie. And then he compliments me on another one of my movies and names a Bridget Fonda movie. And I suddenly realize he... Thinks he's talking to Bridget Fonda and wishes he was talking to oh, no. Bridget Fonda, <laughs> not me, Jennifer Jason Lee.
0: Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it is interesting too because Jennifer Jason Lee, like, is a very beautiful woman, yeah. but they do a lot to kind of make her look like pretty wild in that movie. Yeah. Um, well,
1: she talked about also in one of her interviews that like I, th- I, I think it was before. Her hair falls out at some point, like pre-90s, like mm-hmm. in the late 80s, because she goes from roll to roll to roll where she's like dying it different colors. Yeah. And then they get to a role where they want it to be like uh, bleach blonde for something. Mm-hmm. And they're like trying to find somebody that'll do it because it's currently black and there's like nobody that. And then they finally yeah. do it. And it works, but her hair immediately falls out after that. Shit. And so the reason that she's got this like very tomboy haircut in Miami Blues mm. is because her hair is literally growing back from having like fallen, fallen out.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So
1: she goes through a bunch of interesting, weird hairstyles, including in this movie yeah. where she still had short hair, and like then they were able to like do they had to do this other style thing for her to match Bridget yeah. Fonda's cut. Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, single boy female, so fun. This is clearly a movie that, like, you know, she was interested in doing because it is these kind of like really weird characters, which is like a lot of like backstory going on. Yeah. And that's like, it, that is pretty complicated. And I feel like you are like a little bit sympathetic for her at times, even yeah. though she is like. She's doing a lot of stuff that, like, I am not okay with in this
3: movie. <laughs> and I don't
1: think you get a full window into, like, what kind of person she is. Yeah. It's pretty deep into the movie. Yeah. There's little hints along the way. And yeah. I, I think you eventually know what kind of movie you're yeah. watching, you know? But
0: I feel like you also feel bad for her, too. Cause, like, I don't know if, like, people thought this watching it, like, you know, then, but, like, in a 2020 lens, I was like, you know bridget fonda kind of sucks in this movie and is kind of a bitch to her and she's like going back to her cheating boyfriend who also kind of sucks and i was like so like
1: maybe you guys
0: shouldn't suck so bad she's not
1: treated that well anyway right (laughs) yeah and so and you know that doesn't
0: mean the stuff she did is justified uh but you're also like edit
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's like uh again it's like nothing is justified but it's like maybe this happened to you guys because you were like mean to the wrong person yeah you know like and
0: i mean like she moves in because like fonda breaks up with her boyfriend and she goes hey i don't want to move in here if i think you're going to get back together and like i have to find a new place in like a month
1: which then of course and and she's like and
0: they're like oh of course not that's not going to happen i'm never going to get back to him and then it happens they're like Oh, they're, like, so, like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, we're keeping this place, obviously. Right. And I'm, like, fuck you guys. Yeah. That's rude as shit. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah this was pretty entertaining. I, I, and, and, like, is that thing of, like, it's a fun thriller and character study. Yes. But is also, like, pretty melodramatic in, like, fun ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, she then does a movie called The rom uh which i tried to find a better description cause sometimes the imdb descriptions are not great but i could right. not find another description <laughs> okay. for this it says marty is not comfortable showing his body at college or private he is suffering from a skin disease called uh nevis flame flameus? okay um In town, he stumbles in on the Dunes, a porn shop theme park with one booth named The Prom. Uh, This is where Lana works. Marty likes Lana, and I believe she's Lana.
1: A porn shop theme park?
0: Yeah, I am like, well, now I need to know what this movie is because I want to know what that looks like.
1: Would like to see The Prom, I
0: think. Yes, yes. Um, in 1993, she does a film called Shortcuts from director Robert Altman. Yeah. Um,
1: I think, so I have not seen this. I would like to see this. I think, is this the movie where she played, like, a phone sex operator? I think that's what mm. her role is in this.
0: Oh, because she does talk about, like, f- to prepare for a role, she did kind of work as a phone sex operator she, a little bit. She
1: told a funny story to a letterman about, go, like, basically getting hooked up with a phone sex operation yeah. so that she could, like, figure out, like, what it was like, blah, blah, blah. And so they connect her, they send her to a place. Mm-hmm. And the, it was she's very funny and charming. The way she told the story was she goes, so I show up to this place and there's this like overweight kind of slobbish guy that answers the door. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, they made a mistake. They sent me to one of their customers. Uh, she's like, which is not the case. This guy just does a very good falsetto voice and is the phone sex operator. Whoa. Uh, goes by Candy and is like, Amazing. she's like, and so she's like, You know, I don't think the men that call these lines think that the girls on the ad is who they're talking to. But I don't think they're—they think they're talking to this guy, you know. Like,
0: also, would love to know what this guy sounds like. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, very interesting that she does that kind of research for yeah. her roles, you know. Apparently, she said that Robert Altman was like an old family friend of her parents, oh, and so she had known Altman since yeah. she was a kid.
0: And this kind of also seems to be the start of her like getting into more of these like like indie and like you know, yeah, like which I I think she's of definitely a
1: rising star at this point, yeah. right?
0: Uh, in 1994, she does the Hudsucker Proxy from the Cohen Brothers, yeah. uh, which stars Tim Robinson. Uh, I had not... Uh, uh, Tim Robbins. Uh, Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, Paul Newman is in this movie. Yeah, it's got a
0: crazy cast.
1: Really crazy cast. Charles Durning, yeah. A lot of good people. In this. Have you seen this one?
0: Uh, I have not seen this one.
1: Uh, I saw this many years ago. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I watched a couple clips to remind myself today. I forgot that the... Uh, world of this movie is like an old school Hollywood type movie. Mm. Uh, and so she's doing a character that talks like this. Uh, she's talking real fast and she does yeah. this kind of voice. and it sounds a little strange on her because she has that like southern accent that mm-hmm. always kind of comes through. But she's really good. Uh, yeah. She plays uh, like a newspaper reporter. Uh, and she plays opposite Bruce Campbell in a lot of scenes where they both work in this, like, news office together, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, all these great scenes of her, like, she's typing up a story, and the guy behind her, this old guy, is, like, asking Mm -hmm. her for, like, crossword clues, and she's, like, talking about real fast about the story that she's working on as he's, like, calling out for clues, and she's, like, oh, a three-letter word for blah, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, and she's, like, smoking a cigarette that she's passing back and forth between her and Bruce Campbell. It's Mm -hmm. just, like very fun kind of like old Hollywood snappy dialogue stuff. Yeah. And it's like, that's a, I actually think that's like a very daring kind of performance that mm. she had to give where it's like, I would not be able to perform like that. People don't talk like, not that people ever really talked like that, yeah. but like no one performs that way anymore. Like mm. no one's taught to perform that way anymore. Yeah. I think it would probably be very difficult to be in a movie in 1994. And have to perform that way, like it, I, I. She's very impressive in it. I think she's really fun. Cool. And it's a fun movie. It's not my favorite Coens, but it's fun.
0: Yeah, it's not one I hear about often when people talk about the Coens. Yeah. Um, the same year she does a film called Mrs. Parker in the Vicious Circle with Matthew Broderick and Peter Gallagher, it's a which great is title. about uh the poet dorothy parker oh okay um, so she looks great in it She's yeah. like got this like kind of 1920s style uh that i really like uh with like that short like dark haired cut like mm-hmm. it's kind of the same cut that uh catherine zeta jones has in chicago i'm like yeah, real yeah. into it
1: a bob um, is that what that's called
0: yeah it, may, it might have slightly i don't know if it had like a 1920s like kind of different name but okay. yeah Um, she then does a film called Georgia, uh, which, which sounds kind of interesting. I'd never heard of it. Uh, Georgia is a well-to-do folk singer Mm -hmm. with a stable family and a loving husband. Her sister, uh, her younger sister, Sadie is the lead singer in a rowdy punk rock band. Uh, living in Georgie's shadow causes Sadie to become obsessed with her and she tries everything she can to live up to her big sister's achievements. Unfortunately, it is this very obsession coupled with her self destructive tendencies and rampant drug abuse that keep her spiraling down the drain.
1: Yeah, this one sounds good. Uh, and this is another she's one like where... the
0: punk like singer. Yeah, she like yeah. worked
1: with a band, I think, for this movie yeah. that, and um, does a, her own singing, I believe, mm-hmm. in the movie. I would like to see this one.
0: Yeah, it sounded interesting.
1: Um, really quick, you, you skipped uh, Dolores Claiborne, which is a, um, a Stephen King adaptation she was in with Kathy Bates. Oh, yes. So I wanted I, to make sure I brought it up I,
0: Yeah, totally uh, missed that one. Uh, I didn't know it was a Stephen King.
1: Yeah. Uh, Stephen King wrote the book. Apparently, Tony Gilroy wrote the screenplay, uh, and it was directed by Taylor Hackford. These are all names that are like kind of well-known didn't because... I did
0: know that Kathy Bates did another Stephen King thing. That's cool.
1: Indeed. Uh Uh, So interesting to note that the the adaptation was written by Tony Gilroy. Uh, Tony Gilroy goes on to be the guy that works with his brother on Nightcrawler. His brother is who does Nightcrawler. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, And he also wrote Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Tony Gilroy is like kind of an interesting dude. And uh, Taylor Hackford uh, directed Ray, Mm -hmm. um, like uh, Officer and a Gentleman. Taylor Hackford's a big director, too.
0: Uh, 1996, uh, she does a film called Kansas City, another Robert Altman movie.
1: Yeah, I've never seen that one.
0: Uh, And then she does a film called Bastard Out of Carolina, which was like a a drama. Good title. Um, In 1997, she does a film called Washington Square, which was an adaptation of the Henry James novel. Oh, okay. Uh, And then does a film called A Thousand Acres with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, in 1998, she does a film called *The Love Letter*, which was a TV film, and then does *Thanks of a Grateful Nation* with Ted Danson.
1: Ooh, she was in a movie with Ted. Yeah, and then in
0: 1999, she does uh, *Excess Stens, uh from director David Cronenberg, which uh, I have a note that she uh, mentions in an interview that she is like a, a big Cronenberg fan.
1: Uh, kind of makes sense to me. She's got like a yeah. weird energy about her. We haven't like talked about this that much, but like her personality off screen and it comes across on screen a lot too yeah. it's like she has like a weird energy about I, her i love it yeah yeah
0: she like talks about she in an interview for annihilation which we'll talk about later uh they like asked her about sci-fi and stuff and she goes yeah i like i'm a huge like cronenberg and like philip k dick fan and stuff so like that i was totally really into these ideas that
1: totally makes sense to me like yeah. it reads to me that she would already be a cronenberg fan coming yeah. into that movie
0: um and yeah i i wrote about excess a couple months ago for uh Movie John, yeah. um, in my Cronenberg on Sex and Gender uh, series that I've been doing, and uh, she makes so much sense in a Cronenberg. Um, I mean, later she does a Brandon Cronenberg film, which I can't wait to get to. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's great. Like I was like happy to see her in this because like she has similar e- energy to like uh, what was it Holly Hunts in Crash.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Holly Hunter,
0: Holly Hunter. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I was like, yeah, these like women make sense to me in Cronenberg movies. And he's, uh, he is really good at having like interesting female characters. They may not be like the protagonists or the, you know, like most like, I don't know, like put together women, but like, they're all fascinating. Um, more so than I think a lot of the men in his films
1: she's got a weird role in this too because like for a while she has to kind of be like a lifeless character almost because of like what the plot demands you know
0: yeah she's like this uh if you've seen xsns it's it's got a lot of similar vibes to video drum but as opposed to being about like tv and movies it's about um video Video games games, uh and she is like introduced as this like big video game designer and video games like console things that people use are these like weird, fleshy Cronenberg sacks that you literally like hook up to your body. Yeah. And then like you are, that's how you are in the game you like you're lying down on a bed just like it kind of looks like you're like doing drugs or something you're just like whacked out and
1: meant to be like a vr kind of experience like a virtual reality thing which is
0: really interesting um but yeah like she's then kind of this like interested complicated character as the creator of this game and then like oftentimes they're in the game itself so then they're like playing these different roles.
1: Right. Once Um, you're in the game, you're, you know, playing a character kind of. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, she's playing against, uh, what's his name? The lead in it. Uh, I know. Jude Law yes. uh, who is kind of this like wimpy like feckless like character throughout <laughs> yeah. it uh, who she's kind of just pushing around because he's supposed to be like kind of taking care of her right, uh, and protecting her because these people want to kill her.
1: Right.
2: Um,
0: and so. Right because
1: like there's this whole weird idea about like almost like a religion has like built up around the games themselves. Yeah and
0: so then there's this like counter culture of people being like oh no you shouldn't be getting these implants to like inject these games into you and like like, it's like they're like realists or something. Right, they like right. want to be tethered to reality. Right. Um, as opposed to all these other people where it does it does seem like they have this like erotic or like, you know, I drug mean, kind of experience when they're playing the game. So you, it kind of makes sense. You straight
1: up basically have to finger the game to play it. That's yeah, like, how, you know what I mean? There's you have so to like much insert your hand into this like fleshy controller yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: Um, but she's so great in it and like definitely like vibes with. With like the Cronenberg yeah. uh, stuff in a way where I'm like, oh yeah, like she she knew what the assignment was <laughs> like when she when she did this movie. Yeah,
1: and I do think because of the concept and how layered it gets, it's a pretty tricky thing that I think the actors yeah. have to do in this movie. Yeah, and she's very good in it.
0: I agree, she's fantastic. Um, then we get to her films in the 2000s. Uh, so for TV she was on Frasier,
3: which
1: okay. it's weird
0: to think of Frasier as like a 2000s thing. That feels like a 90s that thing. That is to me. really
1: weird actually.
0: Um in 2000 uh, she does a film called The King is Alive, a drama. Okay. And then does a film called Skipped Parts with Drew Barrymore, uh, an underground young mother and her uh, an ungrounded uh, young mother and her thoughtful a teenage son are banished to a remote province town by her domineering father. Sounds a little strange.
1: Yeah, it's weird to hear about a movie that Drew Barrymore was in in the early 2000s and be like, how have I not? I've never heard of that.
0: I know. It doesn't sound familiar at all.
1: This is when I was watching the most TV of my life. I, I should know about that.
0: Uh, In 2001, she does another Coen Brothers movie. She does The Man Who Wasn't There. This
1: is actually one of the few that I haven't seen. I would really like to see this one.
0: This was was one I hadn't even heard of. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah,
1: this is the Billy Bob Thornton one that they shot in black and white. I think it's like a noir. It's supposed to be good.
0: okay. Cool. Um, and then uh, she does a film called *The Anniversary Party*, which she directed with Alan Cummings, and they both star in it together. What I know, wild, because I also love Alan Cummings.
1: I didn't. I would have watched this. I didn't know about this. Yeah,
0: and then uh, she's Phoebe Cates is in it, yeah, this too. Yeah, Phoebe Cates and Kevin Klein. Oh my uh, god! So it's got a great cast and.
1: Oh. And her dog Otis is in it, credited as himself, Otis. Yay. That's her dog. I know that from a Letterman thing that oh, I watched earlier. I love
0: it. Uh, but yeah, her, the fact that she and Ellen Cummings directed a movie together is fascinating to me. John C. is in this
1: movie. It. There's uh, Jennifer Beals is in this movie. Yeah. Parker Posey is in this movie. Just, I, we got to see this yeah, movie.
0: Yeah, we got to find it. Uh, yeah, that made me so excited when I when I learned that. Uh, She then does a film called The Quickie, a crime soap opera about a Russian mobster retiring from the business on New Year's Eve, only to discover he has been targeted for death by a rival mobster. Okay. In 2002, she does a film, a TV film called Crossed Over uh, with Diane Keaton, uh, which was based on a true story of the deep and healing friendship between a grieving mother and a death row inmate. Weird. Um, she then does has a voice role in the Hey Arnold movie, oh. uh, which I was like really interested in. She uh, Apparently,
1: plays Bridget.
0: Yes, <laughs> uh, and then she does uh, Road to Perdition, uh, which
1: I feel like I saw parts of. I like this is a this is one of those movies like I've seen it, I've not seen it. I don't know if I've I seen this movie. I
0: don't think I've seen yeah. it, but it's a movie that I like i know the title of i know like the cover i know hanks is in yeah, it you know yeah. like it's stuff that it's embedded in me a little bit yeah um and then in 2003 she does the film in the cut uh which we did watch because yes. it just sounded really weird well yeah and it was <laughs> yes
1: yeah it's a jane campion movie who i'm like kind of interested in yeah. I, you know as you and i uh, have been dating and i've been you know watching more movies by women and stuff mm-hmm. i just was kind of vaguely interested in some of Jane yeah. Campion's stuff. And, uh, you know, she wrote and directed this. Um, it stars Mark Ruffalo uh, and Meg Ryan. Uh, and Jennifer Jason Lee has, like, uh, I guess, like a co starring role. Kind yeah, of, she right? plays Meg role.
0: Ryan's, like, sister. sister right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and this movie was fucking weird. It was so weird. This movie is the embodiment of just, like, what, what, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. and And, like, it was good. Like, I did like this movie. Yeah. uh, But I I don't know how to describe it because it's fucking wild. But, like, not wild in the way that, like, uh, a Nicolas Cage movie is wild. It's like sometimes it's, like, slow and dramatic, but then all of a sudden it's, like, sexy and violent. And then it's back to being very serious and solid. Everyone
0: is, like, super horny in this movie. Yes. Which all the time.
1: Constantly. Which even, is weird. Even because, when they're
0: under duress. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because the major plot of the film is that there is this like really brutal serial killer yeah. out there who is killing women. Uh, and like like the crime scenes are like grotesque. Yes. Like he's like ripping them apart. Yes. Um and so Mark Ruffalo's the detective, and Meg Ryan, like, one of the bodies was found in her backyard or something. Right. And so, like, she kind of just gets involved in this, but then she and Mark Ruffalo start, like, fucking. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: he's, like, the detective that is, yeah. like, the leading the case while she's, what is her profession?
0: She's a teacher.
1: Right. She's like a she's professor. Like an English teacher. An English teacher. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think
0: it's in high school or something. She, and she's a writer. College. Yeah. She's
1: like a writer, right? Because she's like seeing yeah. those quotes all the time and writing them down. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's this really strange. It's like a whodunit kind of. Yeah. Um, but but uh, I don't know. Played as like, uh, I don't know, like a sexy, dramatic thriller. I, it's a very hard movie to describe. Uh,
0: Mark Ruffalo is also like a very ball. very slimy and sexually aggressive. And yeah. I was like, I've never seen Mark Ruffalo
1: right. like this. Yeah. Um, it's like worth seeing, I think, yeah as both a what the fuck am I watching yeah. movie and I think kind of a good one, but I'm yeah. not really sure. It's just really strange.
0: I wish I wish Jennifer Jason Leigh was in it more. Yeah, I me think too. she and Meg Ryan have like good chemistry they as do. like being these like It's like, you know, kind of messed up sisters. Like, it seems like they're.
1: they're Like, maybe stepsisters or something? Yes. I was going
0: to say. So, it seems like their father is this man who, like, has had, like, many wives and many relationships. And there might be more children out there than just the two of them, but they've become close. Right. Um,. And yeah, it just seems like really like they just kind of had like a messed up maybe childhood because of like their dad not being super present and kind of bouncing from women to women. And that kind of informs like their relationships. Like uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is like obsessed with this doctor she was having an affair with. And she's like going to court because she like stole his wife's coat from the dry cleaners. There's like a lot of weird stuff happening in this movie. Um, And she's she's very fun and great. And I like her. Uh, But, yeah, she ends up kind of being a a side character.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and I I like this movie, but, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe a little hard to recommend. I'm not really sure.
0: Um, In 2004, she was in The Machinist, which I saw years ago when I was, uh, like, kind of becoming obsessed with Christian Bale and, like, wanted Uh to see, like, all the stuff he was in. Um, But, yeah, I don't really remember her in this, and I don't even really remember what it's about. I just know that uh, he is very skinny in it <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i also didn't know in 2005 she was in the jacket uh with adrian brody kira knightley and daniel craig i saw that i've movie definitely seen
1: this years ago yeah. and remembered nothing about it
0: yeah she's like one of the doctors i watched kind like of one doing scene from it today the experiments with uh with daniel craig's character right. on adrian brody and they're like putting him to the street jacket and then throwing him in like a uh it's it's in a morgue, so it's in like one of the slots where okay. they like put the bodies, yeah. and yeah, it's it was a really weird movie. I feel like maybe I've even seen it more than once. Like when it came out, it was another one that was like on TV a lot. Like it was yeah. on HBO or something. I
1: just remember it being very strange, it's but I don't very really weird. remember anything about it.
0: Yeah, I don't either. And maybe like I was like, oh, but, like maybe this is one that I should have rewatched, but like don't it's, remember much about it.
1: Th- but these are the kinds of movies that like you know, this is why we're doing Jennifer. I mean, that is like definitely kind of a B movie of its time. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Just
0: these weird, like early two thousands movies. Um, in 2007, she does the film Margo at the Wedding from director Noah Baumbach, her former husband. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2008, she does uh, Synecdoche, New York, uh,
2: which I have not seen.
1: I saw that movie. I didn't like that movie that much. I feel like that's the movie that like, a little bit got me off of the um, Kaufman bandwagon. Yeah, um, There's interesting stuff going on in that movie. But I, I don't know that it is entertaining to me. Yes. Um, and yeah. I don't remember her role in it. I actually tried looking up some scenes from it today and couldn't really find anything that she was, like, yeah. in. So, I yeah, I, I'm not really... I can't really speak to this movie, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Um, And then we get to her films in the 2010s. Uh, so, she was... Uh, she was on, did a lot of TV around this time. She was a series regular on Weeds, uh, the show Revenge, as well as uh, Twin Peaks The Return. Yes,
1: do you remember that it's like her and uh, Tim Roth are like the kind of like minions of Evil Coop?
0: Yeah, and she's like fucking Evil Coop too. Right. They're like kind of together. And, like, there's a really weird scene where she meets her demise uh, with Tim Roth, I believe. Yes. Uh, just in this, like, happenstance. It's like, that,
1: like, shootout in the streets, right? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so,
0: str- I mean, the return is so strange. Yeah. But, yeah, there's, you know, they introduce all of these characters. And Jennifer Jason Leigh is definitely one of them. And not someone that was, like, in the rest of Twin Peaks right. at all. But uh, also f- seems to fit really well doing David Lynch stuff. She feels right in this weird universe, especially working for Evil Coop and kind of being like these like sleazy folks doing stuff for him. And
1: my understanding of the return is that like basically anybody that had ever said to David Lynch at some point in meeting him like, oh, I've always wanted to work with you. He just called them and was like, I'll write you in if you want, you know.
0: I mean that's how it feels, yeah. and I love it. I love uh, the return's really great, even though it's yeah. like not at all what I expected yeah. from. Uh, it,
1: it is like most evident, I think, with the uh, Michael Sarah character, where he's just doing a Marlon Brando impression. Oh my god! Like, where it's just like they I forget about he that. He just like wrote him a scene to be in his show. That is a very like Michael Sarah like bit. That you was know? like one of the funniest. Yeah.
0: Scenes. <laughs> uh, um. So, in 2010, she does the film Greenberg, uh, which she uh, co-wrote with uh, her husband, Noah Baumbach, at the time.
1: Yeah, I would like to see this movie. Ben Stiller starred in this. I've heard really good things about this. I generally like Noah Baumbach's movies, um, so I would like to see this. And And I I didn't know she co-wrote it. No,
0: me neither, and I thought that was really cool that she starts doing some of that. Um, in 2013, she was in, uh, The Spectacular Now, Have which you seen that? I did see in theaters I've like when that. it came out, but I don't remember a ton about it. It was kind of one of those like coming of age films. Um, it stars, oh, I forget both of their names, but it's, um, the kid from, uh, the drumming movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, Miles Taylor. Miles Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh. I, uh, I used to work with an older woman who knew I liked movies and would just every time I talked to her tell me that her nephew wrote this movie. Oh, it was she just came up every time I talked to her. You know, my nephew wrote The Spectacular. Ne- yeah, I know. Chila. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the same year she does uh, Kill Your Darlings, which I also saw in theaters. Oh um, yeah, because
1: um, Harry Potter's in this movie. I can't believe I'm calling him that, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel
0: Radcliffe, yeah. show some respect. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I saw this movie mostly because it's about the Beats. Oh right. Uh, yes, and I was of I was really into the Beatniks. I have a Jack Kerouac tattoo. Right. Uh, and this is a film that is about like a a murder that like I think they're all kind of involved in. It's like. Uh, there's a book that came out that was co-written by Kerouac and Burroughs called uh, "The Hippos Were Boiled in Their Tanks," I think is okay. the title. Uh, and this kind of talks about that, like this weird story of like this like murder that kind of happened like amongst the the beatnik group. And Jennifer Jason Leigh, I believe, plays uh, Ginsburg's wife. Uh um, is that who Radcliffe plays in the movie? I think so. Yeah.
3: Why? Or like is
0: related to I I. Um, it's so weird with the beats because a lot of them, like uh, not a lot of them, but like some of them were like gay, but like closeted right. or had wives. Like Burroughs kind of went through that. So I like can't totally remember if she is his wife or like a mm. a relative mm-hmm. of some mm-hmm. kind. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like him and uh, uh, the guy that plays Dexter, Michael C. Hall, uh, oh, is God. in that movie too. It's a really weird cast. Is Dean
1: DeHaan in that movie too?
0: Maybe. Um, there's another actor who was in it that played Jack Kerouac, who I I really love, and he is from Boardwalk Empire.
1: Oh, uh, Dane DeHaan is in this movie. Oh, Ben Foster is in this movie.
0: Yeah, it's actually got a pretty interesting cast. I
1: believe Jack Houston is who you're Jack referring Houston.
0: to. Jack Houston, I love Jack Houston. Oh yeah,
1: David Cross is in this movie. I forgot about that. Elizabeth Olsen is in this movie.
0: Yeah, it's got a it's got a yeah. pretty good cast. I, a. I, I feel like it wasn't super great, but okay. I I do love that that she was in this. Um. Uh yeah. Uh then she does a film called The Moment, which was a thriller. Uh with Aaliyah Shawkat.
1: Oh yeah, I like Aaliyah Shawkat. Yeah. Uh, speaking of rest of Development.
0: Um she then does a film called Hate Ship Love Ship with Guy Pierce and Kristen Wigg.
1: Yeah, I never saw this. This was one of those like kind of seemed maybe overly quirky movies that uh came out a lot in this era.
0: It's really funny the movies that she's in at this time. Cause I'm like, yes, I remember most of these, but not all of them, but they all are those like indie movies that were very popular at the yeah. time and were like kind of being churned out. Right. Um in 2014, she does the film Alex of venice with mary elizabeth winstead um which i i had not seen uh, but i think i remember when it when it came out um, i never saw that no yeah um she then does welcome to me with Kristen Wiig again which i would like to see i've heard this is like kind of weird uh
1: this was the other very quirky movie that yes. she was in at this time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. Okay. Yep.
0: Uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig's playing like kind, of, like maybe she's like supposed to be kind of crazy in this movie, but I, yeah. I it seems fun, and you, I love Kristen Wiig so much. And you
1: got a James Marsden, you got a Linda Cardellini, you yeah. got a Joan Cusack, a Wes
0: Bentley. Yeah, another one with like a really Alan Tudick. amazing cast. Tim
1: Robbins. Hey, Kula villay socks in this movie. Uh,
0: and then in 2015, she does Anna, Anna Melissa. Anomalisa. Anomalisa with uh, Tom Noonan and David Thewlis, who I love so much. Yeah. Uh, and I know we recently talked about Tom Newman as well because uh, you are a big fan. Yeah. Um, this is
1: another Kaufman movie. I didn't yes. see this one. I would like to because I really am a fan of animation and I I think, uh, you know, the animation yeah. looks really remarkable in this movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Kaufman, I can kind of like give or take yeah, I Yeah,
0: I am not a Kaufman fan. I have... I know that's like a thing that, as a film person, I feel like I'm not supposed to say, but I not a not not my thing.
1: Jennifer Jason Lee said something very funny in one of the interviews I was listening to, where someone asked her, like, "Hey, now that you have kids, like, uh, what if you're like, have they seen some of your movies? What if your movies do they like?" And she was like, "They haven't seen like any of my movies. I've not really been in movies that kids can see." She <laughs> goes, "Even the animated movie I was in was rated R."
3: <laughs>
0: that's really funny. Hey, they can watch the hey Arnold movie. Yeah. Um, and then in 2015, she also does The Hateful Eight uh, from Quentin Tarantino. And she was um, nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for the Academy Awards that year. Hell yeah, she um, was and
1: deserved. Uh, she plays Daisy Domergue. Yeah. She's wonderful in this movie. She's so fun. She like really gets to be like big, scene-chewing Tarantino character in this movie. Yeah. But it's kind of fun because like she spends a lot of the movie getting to be, like, a little bit quiet. She's, Mm. like, you know, she's in handcuffs when the movie starts. And then when they all get trapped in this place, she's, like, the captive of, Mm. like, uh, Kurt Russell's character. But because of that, she's, like, this snarling, just kind of, like, she gets to be evil in this situation. She feels
0: perfect for for a Quentin Tarantino movie like this. And it's
1: because, like, she gets introduced to the situation as this evil character, right? So she just... She's like, okay, yeah. well, then that's who I am. I'm this, like, yeah. very evil. Oh, she goes so big in this movie <laughs> in such a fun way. Yeah. She is delightful in this. I would She's, love to see this. You would, I think you yeah. would especially like her in this movie. Yeah. Uh, super fun.
0: Yeah, I have a couple notes from her just, like, talking about Quentin Tarantino. Um, and one of them, which I, I really liked, was this one. Yeah. Um, and this is something that makes Quentin uh, different from direct from most directors. He doesn't just look at the last three movies you've made the last three years of your career. He was quoting lines from a movie I had made when I was like 23. He can look at me and see that I'm still that person who gave that performance, not to compare an actor to the painter, but you can go through different phases and still be the same artist, you know? Oh, that's Which so interesting. Is an Interesting read on Tarantino, especially cause like we know he loves like grind yeah. older movies and stuff. So, of course, he knows, like, these weird genre films that she did when she was younger.
1: At the Miami Blues Q&A thing that I watched, somebody asked her about working with Tarantino, and she was like, oh, he knew my career better than I know my career.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, she also says, we never wanted that shoot to end. Everyone felt so fortunate to be there. And Quentin Tarantino had so much love for everyone. When you are a kid and you imagine what being an actor is like as a grown up, this is what you imagine.
1: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Because like, I watched this uh, thing that Variety did, I think was called like Actor on Actor. Mm-hmm. And it was her and Seth Rogen interviewing each mm-hmm. other. Um, because it was the year this came out, which was also the year that, that Steve Jobs movie that um, Seth Rogen plays Steve Wozniak in uh, oh, came out. Okay. Uh, and they, both of those movies were produced in a very unique way that movies are never produced, which is basically like plays. Mm. They, both of those movies, they built sets for the actors to basically work blocking out on mm. and rehearse as if they were rehearsing a play. That's interesting. Um, and both movies were shot like kind of in order, which mm-hmm. is also rare for movies. Yeah. Again, similar to a play basically. So like these movies were performed like they were plays kind of, which I thought yeah. was like just a very interesting kind of note about the process on that one.
0: Um, in 2016, she does a film called Morgan, which I hadn't heard about, but it has uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and Kate Mara in it.
1: Yeah, um, you know who directed this movie, which would be of interest to you. Uh, Luke Scott, who is um, Ridley Scott's like nephew, I think. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, this movie's all right. Uh, this movie feels like a low-rent uh, Ex Machina.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, like Anya Taylor-Joy is playing like kind of an AI humanoid creature, yeah. which I, she's another person that I think just picks oh, awesome genre stuff. Yeah. Uh, I would love to talk about her sometime.
1: <laughs> Jennifer Jason Leigh plays like her handler in this mm. movie uh, and gives a very interesting performance because the idea is that she sees this uh, AI as, like, a pert, like Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee's characters, who is like, there's a humanity in that thing. Yeah. And everybody else is like, no, it's a fucking thing. The reason you, the, the movie starts with like, Jennifer Jason Lee got hurt by this thing. Uh, and so they're there to, Kate Maher is there from the corporation, quote unquote, mm. to investigate the incident in which she was injured yeah. by their their assets. Uh, and Jennifer Jason Lee's whole thing is like, no, that's like a fucking being in there. That's like yeah. a thing, you know, it's not a thing. And everybody else from the corporation, is like, no, it's a fucking thing. Yeah. Um, that's like the crux of the whole movie. Yeah.
0: Um, and then in 2017, she does Good Time uh, from yeah. the Saffiede Brothers, uh, and she plays uh, Robert Pattinson's uh, girlfriend.
1: Yeah, such I, an interesting character, right? Like girlfriend, quote unquote, where it's like you imagine that Robert Pattinson's character has 17 yeah. of these women around the city.
0: Uh, I know. You yeah, because I mean? like she's obviously older than yep. him, and he's this fuck up that's yep. like really manic and crazy. And like the the only time we see her, he's kind of just using her for money to get his brother. out out of jail. Yeah. He's
1: like at Rikers for the night or whatever. And he wants to get him out. Yeah. He's trying to get bail money. I love this movie. I think this movie is fantastic. I think
0: this is one of the most stressful movies I've ever watched. It's very stressful. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. I
0: actually liked uh, Uncut Gems, I think more more than than this. this, Yeah. I think most people agree with you. But it's hard. Like this was a movie that was hard for me because I have trouble watching movies where, None of the characters that I'm really watching, like it's besides the brother who unfortunately isn't really in it that much. Right, right. Uh, like I don't care about these no people. They're bad people. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what he's trying to do is good because his brother uh, yes. does have some like developmental issues. Yes. And so it's like very worried about him being in prison yeah. as he should be because and, and the prison system is fucked. And he's
1: the reason he, Got put there, and
0: and he's also the reason that his brother is there. Um, so yeah, like you do want him to succeed on this quest, but oh my god, it is so stressful and hard because everything he does is fucking horrible. He's
1: he's a character that uh lives by every five minutes, right? Like he makes (sighs) decisions as things happen. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, it's a very stressful movie, but I love this movie. I think it's like very entertaining. I love the way it looks. And yeah, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee plays this character that, for some reason, is calling her mom to get her mom's credit card information. I know. Which it's I think so is like a very awkward. funny detail. It's like she's written to be like a much younger person. Yeah. And then they cast Jennifer Jason Lee and just like didn't change anything about it, you yeah. know? And it just makes it that much more weird. Yeah. That like, yeah it, I, but,
0: but like, even that, like, Even her character, like, these characters do feel real to me in ways because, like, I grew up in, like, a neighborhood that had a lot of these kind of, like, sleazy folks in it that I, like, knew um, and, like, sometimes dealt with at, like, parties and they were, like, friends of friends and I was like, why do we hang out with these, like, fucking creeps yeah. all the time um so like that aspect feels real to me but also she does too where it is like she's like doesn't have a lot going on clearly right. and like is also struggling but like there's this like weird younger i guess kind of cute guy right. that like is into her so like sure like why wouldn't she like want to spend some time with him yeah um and i think she said like she spent like two days like doing the shoot and stuff and she's right And had a good time. She said she really liked Pattinson and thought he was, like, super talented. Yeah. She was, like, he, like, always looks sweaty and crazy when he's in this movie. But he is, like, so good.
1: Yeah, and uh, people seem to really like working with the softies as well. Um, Yeah. She had really nice things to say about them in that interview that I watched.
0: Yeah, they're like fascinating uh, guys. I I definitely, all of their movies stress me out a lot and makes me never want to watch them again. Uh But I also think they're very good filmmakers and do a lot of interesting stuff.
3: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: Um, and then uh, the same year, she does Amityville: The Awakening uh, oh. with Bella Thorne. I hadn't heard of it. I didn't know they did like that recent of an Amityville movie.
1: Yeah, they keep they keep working on that Amityville franchise here and there.
0: Yeah, and then the, in 2018, she was in Annihilation. She plays Dr. Ventress, which uh, is from director alex garland who is one of my favorite directors i think he is one of the best sci-fi minds of our time
1: he made the aforementioned ex machina, ex
0: machina as well as uh devs. the tv show devs yeah. which i loved yeah, yeah, uh, we too. were like obsessed with that last year yeah. um
1: and Annihilation is fantastic. Yes, yeah, so
0: this is an adaptation of a Jeff Vandermeer seri- book, uh, the first of, like, a series. Uh, I love this book, and this one, the film adaptation is very different, although I think he takes a lot of, like, the really, like, interesting, like... Um visual elements from that book and like puts them into this. Um, And uh, in the book, all of the characters are just called by their like uh, a profession. So yeah, there's like the psychiatrist, there's the like biologist. And so uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is playing the psychologist or psychiatrist um, whose motivations you're never really sure of like, why is she there? Who is she like? actually kind of uh you know doing this like mind fuck stuff on like she has a lot of good ulterior motives yes. uh and that's why i think she's so perfect for this movie she's really good at playing this character that like you're not sure if you like her or not or if she's sympathetic or what her motivations are because she is working for this company that's like forcing these people to go into uh i think it's like area x is what they call it um to like figure out what's going on because it's like this weird environment that's uh they call it the shimmer it's like all it's it's growing but it's like this all-encompassing space that has like a totally different like biology than like anything else the
1: the the landscape of it's
0: fascinating where it is
1: yeah and and she is like this kind of hard character right like she yeah. seems like very difficult she's kind of a hard ass yeah. like you said we find out that like there are reasons that she's kind of acting the way she is yeah and, and um doing what she's doing but the whole you know drama of her character is she's really kind of forcing these people to continue going deeper into this place yes. That is clearly dangerous. Yeah, it's like, very dangerous, and yeah. no
0: other group has come back alive. Right. Um, and Natalie Portman is there because her husband was part of the, one of the teams that had gone in before. Yes. Um, and she and Jennifer Jason Leigh does seem to like have this attachment to Portman, and I think ends up knowing that backstory. Right. Um, and it's it's just so interesting, and I I love Lee in this. This is like this is like one of these things where I was like. Oh, she's, like, really picking awesome genre stuff now. And it, like, makes me just love her so much more.
1: Yeah. And uh, the last, like, 20, 30 minutes of this movie are just genuinely incredible cinema, I think. Yeah. Um, That, uh, I think if you've not seen Annihilation, you should absolutely see it. It, Yeah. It's it's truly mind-blowing stuff.
0: There's a... There's, like, a lot of crazy effects in this, but there are some practical effects. Mm -hmm. She talks about the animals that are in this movie. Yes, yes. Uh, She says, like, yes, those were animatronic puppets with men inside them moving them. They were dancers that had studied the form. Uh, It's almost like a martial art. I think where they use animal movements and the bear actually was real. It could move, it could breathe, you could almost smell it. It okay. really was profoundly real. That
1: is fucking wild because that is a terrifying scene.
0: Yeah. If you have seen this movie, and you know, you know the mean. bear. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. it's so scary. Yep. Um yeah and then we get to her films in the 2020s. Um so she uh for TV, uh, she is a regular on two things. Um Atypical, uh which is a show about um uh, a young like kid that's like on the spectrum.
3: Okay.
2: Uh
0: and then uh Lissy's Story, which is like a, a king uh adaptation as well, I believe. Oh. Um that oh, I forget who it stars. Uh... Um but yeah, uh she she is a regular on that as well.
1: I could find that information for you. Um
0: but yeah, so in uh she hasn't you know hasn't done too too much as we're only just in the 2020s, but Correct.
1: Julianne Moore, I believe that's who Moore. you were thinking of, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh so in twenty twenty uh she does Brandon Cronenberg's film Possessor. Yeah. Uh which was my favorite movie of 2020. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. Mm -hmm. I love that there is another Cronenberg making more...
1: (laughs) Making very Cronenberg movies. Making
0: very very Cronenberg-y movies. Um, But...
1: Yeah, Brandon Cronenberg is David Cronenberg's son.
0: Yes, and... um, yeah, so, like, it's great that she also worked with both of them. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Andrea Riseborough is really, like, the lead in this. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character is so chilling to me because she plays, like, uh, her boss, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and is very manipulative, very much, like, too involved in Riseboro's life. Yes. Uh, and it's chilling because she reminds me very much of a former boss I had. <laughs> and I found it, I just found it so interesting, like how well they portrayed, like how emotionally manipulative like female bosses specifically can be sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause she really is like too involved in her personal life. Like she, doesn't necessarily want her to get back with her husband because right. she wants her to be more involved in this job. Yes, you can tell that she has the wheels turning, where like she wants like Riseborough to take over for her, yes. like after she leaves. So there's this really weird relationship where it's like it's blurring the lines between professional and like personal in a very unhealthy way. Yeah. Uh. So it that's one of the things that like I was like. Astounded by her character in this movie, and
1: if for some reason you're listening to this and don't know what the movie Possessor is. The job that Tori is referring to is the job of basically being like a thought assassin. It's yeah, like, it's like uh, Andrew Ryceborough is like an assassin for some corporation we never really learned that much about. Yeah, um, and the way they have this technology where they can basically insert her into other people. Yeah. Um, she kind of takes other people over from within their psyche or something yeah. like that.
0: So, like, she really does have no attachment to the actual murder. Like, it ends up being yes. done by this other person this with other. her mind inserted, like, into their body. Right.
1: Yeah. P- they are possessed by her, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a fucking really trippy, yeah. great science fiction concept. And
0: that's the whole thing, too, is, like... Uh, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, like, doesn't want her to feel guilty about the stuff she's doing. Like, she wants right. her to want to kill and yes. be into it. And I'm like, this is, like, so fucked. Yes. Uh, it's, oh, God, this movie's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and Jennifer Jason Lee has,
1: like, you know, three scenes in it, right? Yeah. But get, all the stuff that you're talking about, she gets across, like, yeah. very, very well in very kind of really like a subtle performance ways that yeah. I, I, she's remarkable in this. Oh, she's so good. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. I, yeah, I could talk about this movie all day. I love it so much. I know it's this is best. one of your,
1: one of your absolute favorites.
0: But yeah, like she, yeah. Like I, I love like the whole cast in this. I think they're so great, but like she blows me away. Yeah.
1: And well, it's like, this is where you and I started talking about like, you know, she's in the hitcher within the first like five years of her career Um, but she's still doing stuff like this in 2020. Right. It's like, she's still doing these like very genre. She likes this kind of off the beaten path, weird stuff.
0: Working with like new or younger filmmakers too. I, yeah. I like, I can't wait to see like where she continues. Like I would love for her to like, yeah. Like working with the softies, working with Garland, working with Cronenberg. Like I want to see her work more with these people that like, you know, I think are some of our favorite like directors and creatives right now. Um, and then, yeah, the only other thing that is out that she uh, – uh, oh, no, there's a couple more things. Um, so, in 2002, she was in The Woman in the Window with Amy Adams and Gary Oldman, which I haven't heard great things about, but it is available on Netflix.
1: 2021, by the way. 2002 was many years ago.
0: 2021. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um But, yeah, this is, like, a, an adaptation of, like, a, a mystery thriller. Yeah, this is,
1: like, out on Netflix now or something, right?
0: Yes, Um, She's also in a film called Awake, uh, which Which, just came out. Yeah, it says after a devastating global event wiped out all electronics and eliminated people's ability to sleep, a former soldier may have found a solution with her daughter. What a weird premise. Um, And then the other thing she's attached to is something called Sharpstick, which is in post-production with uh, a really interesting cast, Scott Speedman, uh, John Bernthal, and Leah Dunham. Okay. Uh, and there's no real oh, information about it right Lena now. Lena
1: Dunham wrote and directed this. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not a fan, but uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah, like outside of acting, like awards, acclaim, that sort of thing, um, she won two 1990 Critics Society Awards for portrayal of Tralala in Last Exit to Brooklyn, uh-huh. um, and as Susan Wagoner in Miami Blues.
1: Awesome. She's really, really yeah. good in that movie. I'm so excited to watch that with you at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, she had a small part as Marion in Eyes Wide Shut in 1999. However, uh, when its director, Stanley Kubrick, asked Jennifer to do some reshoots, she was not available to do it. Her entire part was reshot by Marie uh, Murray. Marie- Richardson. Marie, Marie Richardson. Richardson. Yeah.
1: I, I, I guess, is this the character that, like, he goes to meet at one point and is, so. like, bereaved over, like, a dead husband or something? I think so. Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, I found that really interesting. Um, in 1997, for, 1997, Jennifer appeared in Faith No More's music video, <laughs> Last Cup of Sorrow. I wish
1: I'd watched that today. Um,
0: its plot was derived from Alfred Hitchcock's film Vertigo. Um, and then one thing I just thought was interesting was that she also turned down a recurring role on the T V oh, show Lost. I wonder, I wonder
1: what role it was. That's yeah. very interesting.
0: Uh, and then I have another quote uh, that I really loved from her. Uh, people have can have so many ill-conceived ideas about me based on the parts I play. I've had guys, when I've been single, come out of the woodwork to date me, and I found out very quickly that they were expecting some kind of whirlwind, some dramatic crazy person, and that's just not me.
1: Interesting. Because uh, so she it, does have a crazy energy to her.
0: And I, I could see people yeah. being into that and yeah. expecting that, yeah. and her being... I love the idea of her being like, nope, that's not me. I just yeah. play this shit because I think it's fun.
1: And uh, it, it is fun to watch the Letterman interviews I found of her in the '90s because yeah. she, like, she really comes off like she doesn't realize how funny and charming she is. Yeah, like she's just like kind of responding to Dave yeah. and just like ends up being this very funny. Char- she's she's really wonderful. She seems so great.
0: Yeah. I am such a big fan of her. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, I have a couple sources. Uh, So The Guardian uh, has done a couple interesting interviews with her, uh, Interview Magazine, Um, Vanity Fair does a really good one on her, as well as Jezebel.com. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening yeah, uh, to, and, our, uh, to our episode.
1: Next week, I think we're going to be doing uh, Bill Paxton.
0: Yeah, which I'm very excited yeah, about. Me too.
1: He's one of our favorites. Another one where we're excited that I think he actually very much qualifies as a yeah. B-movie star, even though I don't know that people think of him that way.
0: I was very sad this morning when I started doing research on him, and then I texted Garrett, and I was like, I forgot Bill Paxton died. Yeah, and I, like, passed, <laughs> I was yeah. just like, what the fuck? He's been dead for like four years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was very bummed out about that, but uh, I am very excited to watch some more of his movies yeah. that I haven't seen.
1: I'm pretty excited. Uh, so let's uh, let's get out of here. Yeah, People should uh, look us up on the internet at Killer BS yeah. Podcast everywhere. Uh, you can find me online at Philadelphia. Follow my letterbox. Yeah. And uh, look me up on moviejohn.com.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know, it's been out for a couple weeks by oh, yeah. the time this was released. But Garrett and I guested on uh, Best Little Horror House in Philadelphia. And we talked about Psycho 2, which is a favorite of both of ours. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking to George about that. It's a
1: great show. George is a really good guy and yeah. does like a lot of research. He's like, yeah, he's great. It's a great podcast. Uh, Best Little Horror House in Philly.
0: Yes. So Horror house. Horror. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, take a listen to that. It's really yeah. fun. And uh, yeah, you can find me on on all the things at Tori Potenza, Victoria Potenza. Uh, you know, still writing things on Movie John. I have a review for a movie called Gaia coming up soon, uh, and I should have review a review for the new. Um, it's called Till Death. It's the new Megan Fox movie, which I'm pretty yeah. excited to watch. Hell yeah! Yeah.
1: All right, let's get out of here.
0: All right, see you guys later.
1: Buzz, buzz, buzz.